Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. It's a gorgeous summer morning here in Santa Fe. Very beautiful. The garden is kind of filling in. I spent a bunch of time yesterday working on the drip system, which I was very happy that I solved one major problem. Part of I was having to still hand water. <clears throat> Did I say that today is Monday, July 6th? I probably didn't. I was thinking it. Did you hear me think it? <laughs> I got distracted looking at the garden. <sighs> so, so, yeah, one of the things about living in a desert, even a high-altitude desert, maybe even particularly a high-altitude desert, is that things don't grow where you don't add water. <laughs> so if you want the stuff you plant to thrive, if you want the garden to fill in, you actually have to put water on it. And you have to do it. Water is also our most expensive utility. <clears throat> I'm looking at this plant I planted yesterday. Oh, you're doing fine. Okay. That was the one that um, sat in his pot a little too long. I complained about him before, and he got all crispy crittered, but he has new shoots coming up from the bottom. Oh, and hey, guess what? Um, my begonia is coming back. Uh, one of the new ones I planted got eaten. I think I mentioned that, and it looks like it's getting new leaves. <laughs> Hi, Tohi, what are you doing? And my other begonia that got all eaten down, and I planted a new begonia in that big pot, now it's suddenly sprouting all new leaves again. I don't think this other one is baby group begonia. I think baby group begonia, as is the way of baby group things, has not made it. But, you know, we take our victories where we can. So, anyway, a lot of the garden is pretty dry this year because I haven't been getting the drip system on it properly. I need to spend some more time like trimming things and everything. Fortunately, I will have time. <laughs> I was uh, emailing back and forth with Maria Vale over the weekend because we had talked a while back about her coming on the podcast. And it was a year ago this month that she and I met in person. We had a lovely lunch in New York City. I was <laughs> looking back at my calendar. I think I was looking at my calendar to see what we did on 4th of July last year, which I think the answer was not a whole heck of a lot. But um, <laughs> we, it was because I had such a crazy year last year. For those of you who are following along last year, um, my July and August were just nuts. And it kind of started with... Let's see. It was like uh, I, I did that Lyra presentation, did a presentation for Lyra, and then I flew to San Diego Comic Con and met up with Grace. So I'm feeling sad that I didn't get to see her. And then I flew to New York City for RWA, and that was when I had that wonderful lunch with Maria Vale. It was really fun because I got into RWA 
a couple days early to see Hamilton. I saw Hamilton live. I, we watched it on Friday night, along with the rest of the known universe on Disney+. Plus. Seeing it live was awesome. I had a podcast about that. I won't promise to link to it because clearly I always forget to do that. But you could probably find it where Alex and I, I think she was, they, sorry, they were as Alex Beckett on that podcast. But we went to see the show together and it was phenomenal to see live. But boy, seeing the filmed version with that original cast who had that, show honed to such polished perfection. Wow, it was just, um, I won't say it was better. There were things about the live performance that were fantastic to see, including how that stage worked. It was hard for the cameras to capture exactly how that stage worked. But, uh, yeah, anyway. When I had lunch with Maria Vale. I walked out to meet her because you guys know I like to walk. I feel very um, Elizabeth Bennett. I love to walk. <laughs> but Maria had offered to give me instructions via the subway. But, you know, it was a beautiful summer day in New York City, and I wanted to see the city. And I thought, why would I go down to the underground and ride on a train when I can walk? And I think it took me about an hour to walk there. It wasn't awful. And we had lunch at this wonderful place I don't remember the name of, but it was um, it was so neat. I got to see different parts of the town, and I had fun talking to her. Anyway, so Maria has the fourth book in her Legend, I think it's Legends of All Wolves, something like that series. And I love her. I really love her books. In fact, we became friends because I was so excited about reading the first in that series, which I read, I think, because it finaled for the Rita. And so book four, Season of the Wolf, comes out in August, end of August. So I'd offered to have her on the show. And she was very funny because, you know, she'd made a note to herself to touch back with me later so and she was like why am I touching back with you and I explained and I said you know really you could do it whenever my interview schedule is very open in fact I don't have any interviews scheduled for this week or next week and I'm not dying to fill them in um, I am going to keep it to interviewing people that I you know, I, I'd rather just interview people that I know that I'm going to have fun talking to and that I like, not just put in someone to put them in, you know. So she said, well, that she was sitting in her office flipping through her schedule, and she put in parentheses, flip. She says, and I'm seeing that flip. <laughs> I've got nothing. <laughs> nothing scheduled. So I offered her a couple of different potential weeks closer to her release but that's how I'm feeling too it was like looking at last year's schedule you know that San Diego Comic Con and then RWA and then I was back for like five days and we went to Coeur Lane for a week which was lovely and wonderful I think that's the order that we did things and then I was back for like a week and we went to, or a couple weeks, and then we went to 
island for like three weeks for most of August. And it's just amazing looking at my schedule going ahead that, you know, it's like, well, you know, global pandemic, I'm just not going anywhere. Even Ryder Coffee, one of the gals wants to put back to Zoom meetings because we have some community spread around Santa Fe and Bernalillo. Uh, frankly, I think as long as you stay out of the bars, that's not a big deal because that seems to be where most of it's happening. But she has elderly parents and wants to be able to preserve them going to visit the grandparents, so they're going back into lockdown. So she wants to go back to Zoom meetings. I just don't want to do more Zoom meetings, you guys. <laughs> I'm just so over Zoom meetings. But I think um, World Fantasy Con is going virtual in whatever it is, October. So I think that I will... Um, I make, We had to make the decision, you know, did we want our refund? Did we want to keep our registration? What did we want to do? And I decided I'm going to go ahead and do it. Reinvest in World Fantasy Con. It is my genre. It's, I've just never really felt like I fit in at that conference. But, well, you guys know me. I don't feel like I fit in really on, I'm never fully in the middle of any of these things, it seems like. <laughs> That's what I get for being a crush on Raho, right? So, I am going to do the Zoom conference for that. Mile High Con is doing virtual. And so I just want to be outside. <laughs> Can we be outside? And she says, as she sits in her grape barber, I know I get outside a lot. So, I'm continuing work on Dark Wizard. Uh, just really liking this book, you guys. I know I kind of waxed on about it on Friday. I did get 3,000 words on it on Friday, so I'm at um, just shy of 8,000 words, like six words shy of 8,000 words. I was looking at that over the weekend because on Sunday I set up my progress count sheet for the week going forward. And so I was looking at my spreadsheet and, you know, I... I write up to past 3,000 words, but not much. You know, I, I don't screech to a halt at 3,000 words, but I know generally when I'm in the neighborhood and, and I do stop pretty quickly after. And so I did that. But then I was noticing that I stopped at like 79.94 and hadn't realized it. It was like, why didn't you just kick it over to 8,000, Jeffy, just for a round number? But I didn't. So I talked about it a little bit on Friday, but I'm just having a lot of fun um, writing this core image and core story and kind of backing off of worrying about, I wouldn't say I normally worry about market, but I am backing off of some of the, so, some of the voices that I have been listening to lately. Like you all know that the new shiny we went out with, went out on sub with last fall which still hasn't sold because it's it's weirdly cross genre but you know we i really was trying to hit a particular thing i seem to do worse when i try to hit it than when i don't i don't know what's up with me on that but anyway with this story because if sarah doesn't like it i'm just going to self-publish it i am feeling I'm feeling very free 
to do whatever the hell I want with it. And it's something that I tell aspiring authors all the time, especially people who have not yet published their first book. It's, it's one of those things that, um, like youth, you don't appreciate it when you have it. But I received this advice from uh, a working writer when I was first aspiring. He wrote for Outside Magazine and um, had a couple of books and supported his family with his writing. I mean, he was doing quite well. And I was bemoaning the fact that I couldn't sell my work, <laughs> could sell my book. And he said, you know, you should appreciate this time because this is the only time in your whole career that you will get to write anything you want to write without any expectations. And he says, I miss that. I wish I could go back to it, and I can't. And oh, he was so right. When And I try to tell my students in classes about this that it's it is your opportunity to simply write and let it spin out and let it find what it wants to be and don't try to shape it too soon and you won't get to do that ever again because i mean there's a little bit of a ever again you know like you know maybe your first book doesn't do so well or maybe you know, you self-publish it and nobody reads it, or only if five people read it, which happens a lot, is not necessarily a bad thing because that gives you room then to write more. But, you know, even once you start building an audience, your reader's expectations start to filter into your consciousness. And you start thinking, oh, well, they won't like it if I do X. And it's not always a bad thing. Sometimes it's good to consider the market, but it is also a, a slight limitation. So I'm uh, in just in having a lot of fun writing this exactly the way I want to write it. And it's tense and sexy and full of snarky banter and with cool magical undercurrents and it's fun so i'm having a good time doing that i still don't have edits back from editor jenny on promised queen so i'm hoping <laughs> i actually don't want her to send them yet because i want to keep writing on dark wizard and I probably will be able to because she'll almost certainly give me, um, she usually gives me a couple of months to turn it around. So I suppose it's a possibility that she'll say, oh, it took me so long to get these to you that you'll have to get this to me sooner. Or can you get this to me sooner? She always asks. She says, can you do it by this date? Sometimes we negotiate. I'm trying to remember when did I, let's look up, when did I work on Fiery Crown last year? Because we had the same deadline, same kind of production schedule. Let's just look, shall we? This is one reason why I love having, tracking all of my stuff. So I can look these things up. Do, 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 do. Oh, I might, oh, I think I can tell. I know where I can look. Once I have my main progress count spreadsheet, 
and and then I have individual tabs in my Excel workbook for each book, for each project. And once I finish it, once it's totally in the can, I take that tab out. Um, you know, like you can do that move copy with the tabs. I just move it and save it as a separate spreadsheet in that book's folder because, of course, I have file folders for each book as well. But I also have a main page that I call priority list and I have everything on there that I've completed. So here, let's look at Fiery Crown. It's not perfect because the um, freezing of the labels doesn't carry down in this app. Huh. No, I'm not going to be able to tell. I'll look it up and report to you guys tomorrow. You may not care. I could see when I turned it in, but I didn't write down on this particular spreadsheet my dates for revision and so forth. Did I? Oh, maybe I did. Maybe I just have to keep going. Oh, okay. So I did start working on this in August. So it looks like, oh yeah, Jenny's still way ahead of schedule. Well, not ahead. She's ahead of last year. So it looks like I worked on this from August 5th to September 13th. Yeah. Um, but only 11 days in there. So I probably started working on it before we went to Ireland and then set it aside. Hmm. I'm trying to make sense of this. Sorry if this is boring, you guys. So yeah, it looks like I turned it in on April 19th. But then there were some other... Maybe Jenny turned it around that fast. I bet you that's what this is. Because then I worked on it again. Yeah. All right. I take it back. So I turned it in on April 19th. So Jenny is behind because she got it back to me at the end of May. And I worked on it for 19 days. I knew that was a big revision. I turned it in short. I really did. Um, I just wasn't sure of a few things. So anyway, uh, from May 27th to June 5th, 14th, I worked on it for 19 days. And then I did the 11 days of revisions for, between August and September, so before and after Ireland. And that was because I ended it. That was, for those of you who have been listening for a long time, you know that's when I added like 25,000 words on the revision. And so... I had to do a little bit of smoothing and revising on the return version. So that makes sense. No wonder Jenny was apologizing for being behind. But <clears throat> she said she was loving what she'd read so far. But I told her I didn't care. <laughs> I don't care when I get it. I suppose if I get her the revised version by middle of September, then we should be fine. I don't think, I mean, knock on wood, and I have no wood near me, but that it will take all that much to revise this book. This one's um, obviously a lot longer, right? I talked about that. So I'm certainly not going to be adding much. I might have to cut. So, so that's where things stand for me. Um, I did want to mention, and I know I've been sort of discombobulated the last few weeks, 
But right before, or like right when my folks arrived to visit, I um, got a surprise that somebody had sent me a donation for the podcast. And it was a substantial donation. And she sent it via the, you know, if you if you look on the podcast, there's a little heart on there, and you can donate to the podcast. And she sent me a substantial donation out of the blue, and I don't believe I know who she is. I don't know if we've met. I didn't recognize her name, which if you listen to my podcast, you'll know I'm bad about this. But I meant to say thank you. Thank you so much. I did post to social media about it, but I was um, I was really moved by that. I, I really appreciate it, uh, the, the income. And she sent me a note with it saying, thank you for your podcast. And I thought that was just um, really wonderful. And actually, it makes me a little bit verklempt, doesn't it? So thank you very much. I appreciated the donation. I, um, yeah, you know, every little bit helps. And that was a nice bit. So I am going to go get back to work. I'll remind you all that First Cup of Coffee is part of the Frolic Media Podcast Network, and you'll find more podcasts that you love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And I will talk to you all tomorrow. Take care. Bye-bye.